You're listening to Half Torah, the Shir series where we explore the connections between the Parsha Shavuot and its corresponding Half Torah. And here at the database with Rabbi Shu Eisenberg, this week's Parsha is Parsha Tzav, and it is also Shabbos Hagadol. However, right now we're going to focus on the Half Torah for Parsha Tzav in a week when it would not be Shabbos Hagadol. And then Bezras Hashem, before the week is over, we will also put out a Haftarah special for Shabbos HaGadol. But in the meantime, we are looking at the Haftarah that comes to us from Sefer Yirmiya. And it is a very interesting Haftarah, just from the sense that it spans three prakim, because it starts from Parag Zion, Pasuk Chaf Aleph, all the way to Pasuk Wamedalid, so 7, 21 to 34. Then it goes to Parag Ches, Pasuk Aleph, to Pasuk Gimel, so it just gives us three psukim from Parak Ches, and then it's, it jumps all the way to Parak Tes, psukim, chaf beis, and chaf gimel. And one of the reasons for this, as we're going to see, is that we have a principle when it comes to Kriya, and particularly public Kriya and liturgy, and especially Haftaras, that we don't end on a negative note. So we always make sure to find a pasuk that will communicate some positive message, and then we end that way. There are almost no exceptions to this rule. Um, you can argue that there are no exceptions to this rule, but we will, in our travels, maybe see something that in the future will seem to suggest um, possible negative vibes at the end of a Haftarah, and we'll have to work when we get there. But we have, for this Haftarah for, from Yermia, is... Maybe an interesting compliment to what we saw last week, which we'll talk about very soon. But what will be also interesting is when we actually get to the Haftarah for Shabbos Haggadal, we're going to see another perspective which you maybe have never heard, something that I came across in an article from Rabbi Elchanan Samet, who has written some very interesting works on Tanakh and has suggested very interesting pshatim in various stories. And he has a whole approach to the Haftarah for Shabbos HaGadol, which, believe it or not, is connected specifically to Parshas Tzav. So we'll have to wait on that one. Bezras Hashem, you'll hear more about that later this week. But right now we're going to focus on, once again, the Haftarah for Parshas Tzav on a quote-unquote regular week. So the Haftarah, once again, comes from Yirmiyah, and as we go into it, we'll dedicate the Shir, and let's take a look. So, as we've already seen throughout our studies of Haftarah, it is typical to find the major themes or focal points of the Parsha Shavuot somehow reflected or reframed in each Sidra's corresponding Haftarah. However, there are some Haftaros that not only reteach the ideas of the Sidra, but they even modify those ideas, revealing different perspectives of those ideas so as to give us a better understanding of them. And yet, sometimes I want to argue that those Haftaros will do that by actually challenging the fundamental theme of the Sidra, causing us to question the theme ourselves and the theme in and of its, itself. So what do I mean? So I, I believe that the Haftarah for Parsha Tzav is one of these Haftarahs that calls into question everything the Parsha talks about. Now coming off of Parsha Vayikra, Parsha Tzav continues the discussion of Karbonos by explaining the intricate procedures for each kind of Karbon. The Sidra 
begins with the laws surrounding the carbon ola, the elevation offering or the burnt offering, and revolves around the role of the Kohanim in the process of delivering the offerings. We explained previously that obviously Hashem does not physically desire or have an emotional need for our animal sacrifices. We spoke about that last week. That the whole point of karbonos is, as the root word karbon implies, karav, to become close with our Creator by genuinely giving up of ourselves to present something, if anything, to Him. That we explained from Rav Shem Hirsch many times over. Now we suggested the common analogy of a child who scribbles his sloppiest but most heartfelt drawing to his mother. She doesn't need it, of course, but it does actually mean something to her. It's a link in her relationship with her child. And last week in the Haftar for Vayikra, which came from Ishaya, uh, Parak Mem Gimon Mem Dalad, we spoke about how the Navi criticized the people for neglecting to offer the Karbanas, thereby showing no interest in their relationship. Of course, this was something that speaks to Klal Yisrael on their side of things, right? Not what Hashem needs, but what we need. And our neglect of the institution that Hashem has provided for us speaks volumes about how much we care about it about how much we care about him and our relationship with him. However, that is not the issue in this Haftarah. Not from Mishael, but from Yirmiya. The Haftarah for Parshas Tzav brings us a couple of pieces from Yirmiya during a time when the people were actually offering the Karbanos. They were doing it. However, here, the whole point of the Karbanos, the recognition of one's relationship with Hashem, was entirely lost in the practice of offering karbanos. If we can use a mashal, it was like they were davening, but without kavana. They were going to shul without once thinking about Hashem. Yes, they brought karbanos, but not to Hashem's favor. Thus, from the get-go, very first Pasuk, Yirmiya, tells us in the Haftarah that he instructs the people to pile up their karbanos ola, their olos, their burnt offerings, onto their zvachim, pile them onto their feast offerings, and to eat them. Now, for anyone who knows what a carbon ola is, this instruction implies the greatest disdain, because the flesh of a carbon ola is not supposed to be eaten. It's meant to be entirely burnt up on the bezbeach and given entirely to Hashem. And based on the Navi, what Hashem is saying is, you can go ahead and shove that ola down your own throat because I don't want it. Not only that, but Hashem insists that he really doesn't care about karbanos, as the Navi continues to suggest that it was not karbanos that Hashem demanded of the Bnei Israel when he brought them forth from Mitzrayim, but it was that they should listen to his voice and obey his will, says the Navi in Parag Zayin, Pasuch of Beis, Pasuch of Gimel. Now, what's interesting to know is that eventually Hashem did have us bring Karbanos, right, in Sefer Vayikra. He did teach us about the institution of Karbanos. But when he took us out of Mitzrayim, and very interesting connection already to Pesach, which, uh, again, this is not the Haftarah for Shabbos HaGadol, but we, uh, the Novi makes reference to the fact that that wasn't the essential thing that Hashem had asked of us when we left Mitzrayim. More than anything else, it was just listen to my voice. Do what it is that I want you to do. Now, the recurring line in the Saftara is, Velo sham'u, velo hitu But they did not obey, nor did they give ear. You didn't listen. 
this uh, this refrain comes up a few times. It comes up in Pasuk Chav Dalid, in, in Pasuk Chav Vav in Parak Zayin, Chav Zayin and Chav Ches, this concept, demonstrating that Hashem's uh, apparently frustrated, as it were, and he is rejecting the Karbanos because Klaistra otherwise didn't listen. This kind of has shades of the Haftarah for Parsha Zachar from Sefer Shmuel, Parak Tezvav, where we spoke about how HaKadosh Baruch Hu had no desire for the Karbanos of Shaul HaMelech when the order was completely ignored. Right? It's the very same idea. And by the way, it is possible, and it happens often enough, that Parsha Zachar coincides with Tzav, and you have two Haftaras, whether the original Haftarah for Tzav or the Parsha Zachar replacement, both of them speak to this idea that Hashem actually doesn't need your Karbanos, and He just wants you to listen to Him. But of course, uh, this uh, this year, at the moment of this recording, Parsha Tzav is corresponding to Shabbos HaGadol, but just so you should know that this is an idea that can come up when Tzav coincides with Zachar. Be that as it may, the Navi continues to demonstrate how the people missed the point of the Avodah as they engaged in the worship of Tofes, which some understand as another title for Molech, giving over their children's lives, as if trying to copy, perhaps, and one-up Avraham Avinu, who is prepared to offer up his own son. Of course, the ideal of actually killing your sons is not something that Hashem actually endorses, now, of course, karbanos are not merely some magical ritual to appease the forces and elements of the world. Of course, in a certain sense, they could do that if done properly and with the right mindset and realizing that it's not the elements, but it's a Kaddish Baruch Hu. An aid to the person who is living according to Ratzon Hashem is certainly what the karbanos could be. But the Navi tells us that what these people, the Klai Yisrael at that time, were bringing... The Navi writes in Pasuk Lamed Aleph, he says, Lo al Libi. This never went up in my heart, meaning I never had this in mind, the kind of karbanos that you're bringing. Which in its simple reading means, again, I've not imagined this, Lo al Libi, it never came up in my heart. As if to say that God did not have this sorry excuse for our karban in mind when he instituted karbanos. But perhaps if, if you look closely at the wording, we can read this verse metaphorically as if to say, Lo alsa alibi, meaning this misconstrued carbon is not an ola, right? Lo alsa, this will not go up. This will not be burnt up entirely to me. This, miscon- uh, this misconstrued carbon is not an ola that reaches my heart. This is not the kind of carbon that goes from your heart to mine. It's not coming from your heart, and therefore it's lo alsa alibi. It's not coming to my heart either. Right, we have a concept that devarim hayotzim and alev nechnasim alev. Right, Rav Moshe Ibn Ezra said this, that matters that emerge from your heart, if you're speaking from the heart, you'll reach someone else's heart. The same can be true with the Karban. Right, Karov Hashem, L'chol Karav, Hashem is close to all those who call him, L'chol Hashem, as long as you're calling out in truth. Is it coming from your heart? And if yes, then yeah, you'll connect to Hashem that way. But these Karbanos were not coming from the heart, and of course they would never reach Hashem's heart. So with that tirade, the Navi seems to undercut the essence of Tzav, which we've established is the technical procedure of Karbanos and the role of the Kohanim in that process. Right, Tzav is B'nai Aaron. Hashem tells Moshe, command the B'nai Aaron, tell them how to do this, command them to do this. Meaning, 
It's a mitzvah. Karbanos are a mitzvah. They are a command from Hashem. But nothing in life, apparently, is indispensable, you know, more so than the Ratzon Hashem in and of itself. And yes, Karbanos are the Ratzon Hashem, but only if they're Karbanos, right? If they qualify, if they're done in the way Hashem was mitzaveh in Parsha Tzav. After hearing the wrath of this Haftarah, how are we supposed to relate to the entirety of these Sidras which revolve around the Avodah B'mikdash? Does Hashem really want it? Perhaps this argument may be the challenge, believe it or not, of the Rasha, the wicked son in the Haggadah, to draw another Pesach connection, who asks, What is this service to you? Because indeed, why does God care about us going through the motions and doing all of this work and creating these karbonos? What does it intrinsically accomplish? And if God, at the end of the day, doesn't care, why should we? And indeed, this question is a good question if you are Russia, who doesn't obey the will of Hashem. Certainly, it stands to reason that the avoda is meaningless. Right? You're going to bring a carbon and you're doing everything else wrong? But at the end of the day, Hashem apparently has ascribed some value to the avoda of the Karbanos. For indeed, Hashem has mandated us to bring them. Again, that is Parshas Tzav. So then where is the true value in it? And the obvious answer is that if it's done properly, with the right attitude and mindset, then of course Karbanos are powerful. They are an integral function of our relationship with Hashem because they reflect that willingness to come close to Him. That's why the Torah itself testifies that when done properly, the carbon will manifest a reach nichach la Hashem, a pleasing aroma, it's a fragrance to Hashem. Which Rashi, in more than one spot, he tells us in Parshas Tetzaveh, tells us in Parshas Vayikra, but what is a reach nichach la Hashem? He cites the Gemara in Zvachim and Daf which tells us that the source of the satisfaction of the carbon is the plain fact that God issued a command and we obeyed it. He told us his will and we followed. However, we have to keep that goal in mind throughout. That's what it comes down to. Because otherwise, what is the point of offering karbanos? Going through the motions of coming close, as it were, if in truth your entire way of life is a life of distancing yourself from Hashem and his will. How is a karbanos going to get you close? If everything you do goes in the opposite direction. Of course, it's essentially worthless in that case. And in, su- in such a case, you should just as well eat your ola yourself. And all of that should be obvious. But again, sometimes even that which is obvious can be lost in practice. Thus the Navi reminds us that while we engage in the requisite procedures for the Kabbalahs as they are outlined in Sav, we have to realize that the worth does not lay in the intrinsic avoda and the going through the motions, which is necessary, but rather it's in the Messias Nefesh, the devotion of the person offering it, the person who follows the will of Hashem. When he offers that carbon, then it's like what the Ramban says, that he's offering himself. The carbon that I'm offering should really be me, like Yitzchak on the Akedah. You engage in that act of Messias Nefesh when everything you do inside the Mikdash as you're offering the carbon, and outside the Mikdash wherever you are in life, with the right mindset, with your heart in the right place, then yes, that is, that is a carbon that brings you close. 
So we shall be zochah to engage in our avodas properly with the right attitude, and Hashem should not only accept our avodas favorably, but allow us to perform that avodah before Him once again in the third base of Migdash, in the coming of the final Ula in the days of Mashiach, and here be it And until next time, I remind you that if you enjoy sharing like this and others on the podcast and you want to partner up with us with the sponsorship, or if you have questions, comments, concerns, recommendations, or you want to join the Database Podcast WhatsApp group for links for every uploaded share, they're all uploaded there. And if you want to see share from the archives, I have reruns where I post them there, and you can see all of the share from the past on Inyana Dioma, whether it's Parsha Shavua or the Yom Tovim. For all of that, all you have to do is reach out to me at thedatabase.gmail.com. That's the data than base, B-E-I-S at gmail.com. Stay tuned for the next half Torah shear on the special half Torah for Shabbos and Gadol. And thank you for joining us here at The Database.